0: Hello and welcome to episode 50 of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast for TheCosmicCircus.com. I'm Isla Ruby, I'm definitely not laughing, and we have a very special episode today. We're going to be chatting all things Echo from Marvel. We have a very full house on the pod. I'm joined by Brian, John, and Alex. And I originally, when we recorded this, I made fanfare music. It was requested (laughs) that I not. So just imagine me doing amazing fanfare music for Alex.
1: Take two yeah. is going well. Take two is going well.
2: <laughs> Hi everybody, it's amazing. Brian,
1: and I'm not going to say names this time. So,
2: hey, it's uh, John. It's John, and I'm definitely laughing. <laughs> I'm definitely laughing.
3: I can't stop. Do it. I can't do it under these conditions. I'm just laughing. Hi, my name's Alex Ferris from the Confluence Circus, and I'm happy to be here.
1: We are so excited to have you, Alex.
3: We really are.
1: <laughs> so Echo.
0: Echo, OK, let's get right into it. So Echo dropped all at once on Disney Plus. It's the first show under Marvel's new spotlight banner. Um, and we're just going to go and you know give, give our kind of top level level general impressions. Brian, I'll start with you since you're first in the little Zoom circle. <laughs>
1: So of course I'm just gonna give a spoiler alert because we are gonna be talking about spoilers of Echo. So if you haven't seen it, turn back now because you don't wanna be spoiled of all the excitingness excitement, excitement that this series has provided. Let's um, let's
0: let's go even further. Let's give spoilers for Hawkeye and Daredevil. Like if you if you've never watched Marvel, don't listen to this show. Go subscribe yeah. to Disney Plus. Send a couple days. But,
1: but if you watch the Defender series and you haven't watched anything else, this is an episode for you. So you don't need the spoiler warning. <laughs> Unless that was a spoiler, then spoiler warning. Anyways, so <laughs> Echo, what can I say about this? I think that there's been quite the buildup for the series. And that the buildup has been, we've been listening for a year and a half. All these people on the internet saying how bad it was, how plagued it was with problems, how horrible it was. And while there was some issues specifically pacing issues and I feel like you could feel that there was definitely an episode that was cut out. Um I thought that this was actually one of the stronger shows especially for more recent, you know. I love a lot of Marvel, you know I'm a huge Marvel file. I saw the Marvel's 6 times in theaters and I think I'm probably the only person in the world that did that and carried that film on my back. Um but I loved Echo and I thought that this was really strong and it was like the first it was more exciting for me because it brought back this defenders verse, which is one of my favorites and i had been rooting for some retcon mcu timeline access i wrote an article when i went to new york the first time a year ago about was this gonna bring them back you know were they coming back to disney plus where were they were going to fall were they going to be on that timeline so i was very excited about this i love the, the 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 culture that we got to play with we didn't get to see a lot of this in a lot of other uh shows and um echo does that well and it also explores things you know like uh you know disabilities you know with her being deaf and uh being amputee and like there was there's so many great things that the series had going for it and i loved every episode i hope that we get more of echo very soon echo season two season three i know it's not happening but i'm gonna get on that train really really quick and i'm gonna stop talking because i've just been monologuing
0: for a while john how about you or alex
3: john if you'd like to start please by all means uh i first. <laughs> all right well, I'm gonna continue off a line Brian was talking about about how like a lot of people were riffing off like oh echo's gonna be bad and whatnot and we have to give credit to our editor-in-chief Lizzie Hill for probably being one of the few if not the only person who who was saying echo was gonna be amazing <laughs> she called it like I think part of that helped with. How the show was like well received, because it had such low expectations going in that a lot of people were genuinely surprised by how good it was. And I, that's what I think uh, made part apart from the fact that the show, I knew from the beginning it was gonna be great. And yes, there are patient pacing issues, and there's a lot of like you could feel that there was probably an, an episode come out to cut out. Um, probably people's low expectations with the show helped, help echo, have a more positive review amongst fans. Uh, and, and that's my take on it. There's probably also like a lot of different factors, like the releasing it all at once, you know, and, uh, and the mature rating certainly didn't, uh, certainly helped a bit. And also the fact that like the Defenders universe is partially canonized. It's it's complicated and I'll probably get into it during the podcast. But um uh, but yeah, it's that's uh it's 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 good. And and personally, it's one of my favorite shows so far. I would I would probably put it it it's not in my top three, but probably like in my top five Disney Plus shows. From the MCU so far. So yeah, I would I would count it right up there.
1: Real quick, just the, the Lizzie has been a pillar of just like, I think this is gonna be good. Let's wait and see. And I am so glad that we have someone out there that's just like, guys, like, sure, we've all heard the rumors, but let's just kind of wait and see how it plays out. And yeah, also, really? this is the first time in a while that I think that I've saw back-to-back shows with What If and then with Echo, where people did not jump back between the MCU is MCU over and the MCU is back. I feel like it was two the MCUs are back, so I was like, I, I'm going to take this as a win.
2: <laughs> yes. Agreed. I liked it better than a lot, of, uh, a lot of the recent output. There's been a lot of mixed bags coming out of Disney+. Plus. The one thing I really want to highlight is that we got A TV show that's 85% like ASL. And his long extended conversations with people just talking in sign language. I think that's remarkable. I think it's a much better show than they've delivered in a while. I do think I got a few issues with Kingpin? Kingpin? I think he's a little softer than he's been portrayed in the past. And I think every time they had a, um, how do you put it? Every time they had, like, the ability to do something, like, something with big stakes, they, kind of, they kind of pulled back. And that's kind of my only nitpick with the show. Other than that, I think it's got great characters. I love the Daredevil cameo. It made me feel like I was watching the Netflix Netflix series. It's a major improvement. I don't get complaints. I like it so.
1: If I just want to say something that you brought up was, which is very interesting, is you mentioned that like a majority of the show was um, told in ASL
3: mm-hmm.
1: and. I have to say, I think that overall that made it even more engaging because I don't know about other people's families, but in my family, like my nephew, even I, my mom, we tend to have our phones in our hands and we're watching maybe very passively. But like when you have to like engage with, you know, uh, a show that is relying on subtitles or on, you know, ASL or something like that. You have to you have to be engaged with it a little bit different. And I noticed that like our phones were down a lot more, and we were watching it and we were taking it in a lot more. So I feel like that was also a really cool thing too because it like brought us together a little bit more while having to engage with it in a different way.
0: It forced you to kind of abandon the second screen, which has been like you just said, so common with things. Um I, I think I agree with you guys in that it was it was really um it was a deli- kind of delightful show, and the internet lied. no surprise. Um, you know, there had been so, so much chatter about Echo, I feel like, was, excuse me, whenever the show was mentioned, there was all like, and then, but, you know, it's going to be terrible. Um, and I think there, you know, just from a production perspective, you could definitely see where like footage was used, where things like shortcuts were done, where things were um, kind of made so that, um, so that, you know, they were, they were trying to fix whatever issues they had. But I, overall, I was just really impressed with the show. You know,
1: going off of that, you you said about like how they use different things. It was interesting that like episode one used a lot of footage from Hawkeye, but it felt very original and like I didn't feel like I was just rewatching something that I had already seen. Um, So I did think that it was done pretty well. That's just my my one little take on that. So you know, it's not like we're all very impressed with the series for many different reasons. Um, But did you feel like it met your expectations, or was there anything that maybe? What's kind of left that you wanted more of? Uh, John, let's start with you.
2: I'm a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, uh, it it exceeded my expectation expectations in some ways. I don't think it was as high octane, like, in the action that the trailer promised. Like, I thought I was going into a, I thought I was about to go into, like, a Marvel version of John Wick based on, like, the... The previews that came out, and while I got a little bit of that, I also got more character development that, Mm -hmm. that, like, I did not expect. Like, you dealt with the family family dynamics, Mm -hmm. you dealt with the tribal dynamics, so it was a a good replacement for the high octane action. Mm -hmm. But it was a little bit of a mixed bag my expectations but it sure. but it's not a bad thing at all sure
1: alex what about you what 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 did you feel about your expectations going into the show and how did you feel like they were met and was there something that wasn't met for you
3: expectation was i kind of i kind of knew what i was going into uh from the get go what i was surprised about was the decision to make it like mature rating because I don't know, if, I don't know if I'm be, if I was like desensitized, or I really don't understand what the point of the mature rating was. Because I didn't really see, uh, like, aside from like the first episode and maybe a little bit of the fourth one, where you had like, oh, you're showing blood. There wasn't really much that warranted a TVMA rating, in my opinion. I like. To me it just it felt like Moon Knight. It felt like Moonlight if it had taken that extra step of like, okay, we're gonna show and not and not hide it away. You know? I, and it if, it
0: if I could jump in there, I thought there was a lot more guns in this one than in than in Moon Knight. And I think that was why it, it probably received the mature rating.
3: Um probably like, that too, yeah. Like the, the explosion in the in the second episode, I think it was
0: yeah and a lot of like very very explicit gun violence and i think that probably had a lot to do with it
3: yeah there was also like the i, I don't remember if it was the third or the fourth episode the the fight in the in the in the I don't know what you call like bowling, the roller derby,
0: the skating rink? I was gonna say bowling alley because the know, bowling alley, <laughs> not the bowling yeah. alley, but the skating rink. The roller derby. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, The roller derby. I felt like I could feel the the TVMA uh, part there. I could also feel like in the daredevil fighting sequence, but it was very much along the lines of like Marvel type fighting and like choreography. And it, it, like there wasn't there were intense moments, a hundred percent, but it wasn't like. What many people would feel accustomed to would be a TVMA rating. So it's like it's like Marvel. St- it's like Marvel put its toe into the into the water, and that's pretty much like what it did. But I'm sure that as as we go on, it's going to develop more more TVMA projects in the future because that is what I I've been hearing that t- that sort of echo was kind of like the. The pilot project to get it into the TVMA rating, and they didn't want to push it too far. But it got the reaction it wanted. It got really positive results. It's number one on Hulu and Disney Plus, and and we're gonna and and we can definitely one hundred percent expect to see more TVMA projects in the future. Daredevil, Born Again, one hundred percent is going to be one of them, and. Others down the road, which we can't mention yet, and mostly have nothing to do with Echo. But, yeah, it's thanks to Echo that we're going to get a lot of more Marvel mature projects now. So, yeah.
1: You know, I, I, I wondered, too, because I was wondering, I was watching it as well, and definitely I thought with the guns, and there was the one scene where uh, Maya takes the needle and has to sew up her wound, And I was like, okay, so there was a few things, but I also agreed that it was kind of light compared to some of the other things. But part of me was wondering, was it maybe a ploy from Marvel, like a push to get the MA because they thought it was going to bring back people of the verse? who, you know, they, they wanted that population very quickly. And so I think that, like, that push for all the commercials that had MA, you know, mature uh, audience, um, I think that it felt like it was very intentional. Like, we want people to know this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it.
0: That was sort of their... It was their yeah, entire was, marketing plan. It was like viewer discretion 100%. advised. You know, you had voiceover. You had every every advertisement was was this is going to be brutal. This is going to be intense. Yeah. Like, come if you like that stuff.
3: hundred yeah, percent. It was going to be, and it was going to be like I. I obviously can't disclose much information about that sort of project, but the the approach before it was going to be like, oh, we're going to do a TVMA. The approach was, you know always pg-13 or like the like the, the tv equivalent of the pg-13 rating on tv uh, so that's you know it, it was gonna always be that route it was just gonna be following that that same route of like uh that marvel projects usually do but then they decided all right now we're gonna switch it up because what, what else do they have to lose right and that part helped in a way because look at the extremely positive results that they're getting now so so yeah i would say that it was a marketing ploy but at the same time it helped them and it helped really well
1: you know for my expectations of the show i did i guess i didn't really have expectations going this one i think that's a weird thing to say because with a lot of marvel things i expect you know high quality but i think i was going into it just thinking like okay Let's just prepare ourselves in case this is as bad as people are saying. I hope it's not, but like, let's just let's prepare. And I think in that respect, I was actually kind of blown away because I liked that this story was more intimate, that it explored deeper one character, which I think is what is was really interesting about the Marvel Netflix shows is that it was like deep dives into each one of these characters and their psyches and their families and their lives and their fighting styles and all these different things that make up this one character instead of trying to do something that like secret invasions, which while I liked that, a lot of people didn't because it was such a big story and it should have been something that was on the the screen and not necessarily on a television show. And I think you can get away with something more intimate like this too, because you don't need as much VFX with intimate stories like this. It was more person driven and family driven. And um, the way that Echo also did it too, is that all of the family was really engaging. And I think that was a, that was a plus too. Like I, I can't think of the cousin's name oh um not bonnie but the other the the the, the guy um not
0: billy jack because he was the he was
1: the puppy um, yes billy jack's owner
0: <laughs> yes uh,
1: he was awesome he was hilarious and like yep. every one of the family was very engaging and like my sister was texting me and being like i love grandpa he's the greatest character in the show like and there was just all of this very like i have not seen this much excitement from so many people in my life about it um i i it blew me away what i
0: was really excited about and what i was really nervous about actually going into it is whether or not this would actually be maya's story or whether or not you know it would be fisk's story and daredevil's story and she would just kind of be be crammed in there and i was very very pleased that um you know daredevil was only in there for what a couple minutes and fisk was in there within the context of his relationship to maya but you know, through all of Echo, this was very much her story, her journey, her finding herself and her finding um, and kind of accepting who she was and her, her power. So I was just really, really pleased with that. And that totally um, kind of blew me away with expectations. Did you guys overall, um, you know, going down to a little bit more specifics, were there any like top moments for you, like, let's say top two or three moments for you in the series that you want to, um, to talk about?
1: well i think i have to start off by saying the daredevil scene was a top because it was really cool again to see her in another corner of this universe with these characters that you know everybody loves daredevil but specifically this daredevil you know charlie cox is is one of the best castings that i at least in my opinion of the marvel uh projects um so i really liked that scene the fighting was really well but I think more so than that one is I loved when in the final battle, uh, when she kind of assumes Echo and you get to see like all of her ancestors stand behind her. And then you get kind of see them fight, like through her, they're fighting. And I thought that was just like a really cool callback to her name and her powers. And uh, I thought that that was an excellent, an excellent bit. And the roller derby fight. I mean, that was just top-notch. I guess it was all action-based. They were, they were all... The action was just really good in the series.
2: Can we take a moment to talk about this um, the uh, sound design? Because I think the sound design in this show is incredible. How, like, um, it'll take a moment to weave in and out of her perspective. How the audio will cut off. And they're fighting and going, like, just... I was so amazed with that. That like it would just cut in, cut out, and just yeah, I love the sound design in the show. I think that's my favorite part of Becca is how they did that.
1: There there's a part of the uh the I think it was the final fight where it's like the camera spinning behind her in a circle and like there's sound and then like it hits her and there's not and then it goes back to having yeah. sound and it was so seamless. It it's ended. very
2: striking. Yeah, it does that in the in the first fight. It does it in the roller the roller skate ring. It's it's so cool. Like that was my favorite part.
0: It's quite a different perspective for her action and her fighting the on in Hawkeye. Um you know, we didn't really get to see it from her view and you know, understandable because it wasn't her story, but this was you know, this really made full use of that.
3: I think my favorite part for me probably was the was like the the, what makes echo i think unique apart from like her fighting ability and what what she does and her grittiness because she's definitely within that moral gray area of like the marvel as marvel heroes go she's kind of like in that morally gray area so she's like slightly anti-heroish but there's also the uniqueness that comes with you know her being deaf and like her using ASL to communicate, as well as like her Native American history and background, which, uh, which was thoroughly displayed. I can only imagine what that feels like for that community, because I also kind of experienced that, you know, when we have, uh, for example, in my case, when we saw Blue Beetle, Right. And there is that uh, and there is like that sort of representation when you see you you usually when you go to cinemas or you see like the sort of entertainment, you usually go and there's like white actors and you see uh, all of this, uh, all of these like stories. And, and it seems almost fantastical in a way. And then when you see yourself represented, like with people of your own skin, same heritage and all that stuff, and you see places that you recognize like uh wakanda forever was also another one where uh i know that my my aunt like it 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 was weird because in in parts of it it's like it takes you out of it sometimes because you're like oh i've been here and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel that much of uh that much of a fantasy it feels like it could be real and it's a possibility for people uh of any sort of like race and and background to you know be the best that they can be and also be heroes and be shown in stories like this so i think that was probably what most impressed me about echo is that just basically the representation overall uh probably is what impressed me the most about this series
1: you know i think that the going back to what john said and what you're kind of saying too is like with with this representation and like their ability to show like kind of like how she's like how she doesn't you know she's not hearing what everybody else is hearing and so like it's more representative of her it does kind of make me excited for daredevil mm-hmm. for the fact that i hope that we get to see more of like you know kind of like you know how um in the original daredevil you kind of got to see his world through his eyes when it's raining like i think it'd be cool yeah. for them just to explore a little bit more of that because like you can do it and it you it, it could be cool and, it, and it's going to give people who are of these communities it's it's exciting for them to see more representation of themselves on on the screen
0: and that's really been a strength you know of Marvelous in these past um, you know as of late and and alex you know you you mentioned that they really um you know they've really kind of widened everything that they have to offer and i think that's such a wonderful thing um and it, again it must be so meaningful for for folks in those communities um You know, I know Mm. Echo in particular, I think it had its initial premiere at like at at a Choctaw event in Oklahoma. Um, And that was like the first kind of first display to the entire world. And I thought that was just really um, also respectful. Mm. We've talked a little bit about our favorite moments. Was there anything that didn't work in the show? Um, I know a couple of us have hit on pacing maybe as something that wasn't quite great.
1: Yeah, the pacing of uh, there was definitely some pacing issues and there's definitely some editing issues. I don't want to say issues with editing, but like I think it was just cut together rather differently um, because it feels like there was a little bit of like a piecemeal to get this together, which I know that is some of the some of the comments that people were making about it is that like, you know, Marvel was kind of trying to like Frankenstein something together. And while for the most that's most of the parts, it worked rather well. It did feel like there was a little bit of um, some shots that were just like cut together or like transitions or um, storylines that were cut just for to just for time or for whatever reason, they no longer fit. Uh, And so that was that was a little bit disappointing for me, I I wanted. um, I would have liked to see a little bit better pacing a little I would like to see that sixth episode I want to know what's in that sixth episode and why they felt they had to cut an entire episode out. It, It seems incredible that seems like so much to cut out
3: basically summarized spoilers summarized version of it uh there's there's a lot of things that were cut from my understanding in terms of like other possible antagonists that were going to show up in the show and and, and all that but the main gist of it would have been like a, a bonnie focused episode which in my opinion i feel should have been necessary because Devery Jacobs has just been winning the, these past few weeks. That's like she she's been winning as uh, Kahori in What If, and she's been winning as Bonnie here and Echo too. And like I just need more Devery, De, uh, Devery Jacobs, I believe is her name, in in my life. And she's like been amazing. And I feel like the episode focused more on Bonnie, and it was going to be a tone shift from what it was going to be or like it, it would have shifted the story away from what, what was going on which was echo and like focusing on that it's like it, it would have, it would have damaged uh like the the whole point of the show is just to present echo and i feel like the bonnie episode would have just been a filler it would have probably been a little bit more um like it, for people it would have been an episode that would have felt like a filler episode and wouldn't have really added anything and people would have classified it as weak my personal opinion I would have loved to have seen it because I I need more I need more Devery Jacobs and I would have loved to know Bonnie's side of the story and everything but um but yeah that's that's sort of like the gist of it
0: I think I think that's, and that for me, Bonnie's relationship with Echo was was what was missing from um, from this series. And, you know, it was kind of alluded to at the beginning, right? You know, their, their relationship as kids, and then we would see these moments where she's at the fire station and kind of being watched, and there were these tiny breadcrumbs. And I felt like that whole thing was promised to us as an audience, and it wasn't paid off. Um, now, I don't think that it was necessary that Like, maybe we get a whole episode about it. Although I, I again, personally would have loved to see it too. But I think, you know, I think you could feel that it was missing. Um, Feel that, like, something between these two women just wasn't there. And I think especially towards the end, um, especially as Echo is kind of, you know, coming into her powers and understanding what they meant, it would be, it's kind of like a missed opportunity there. Um, especially because of the familial, familial relationship. Um, so I was a little bit sad about that, and that was kind of the mess for me.
3: Yeah, I felt similarly to you. I feel like that's what would have been probably like the weakest part for me. Mm-hmm. Just like I would have wanted to see more of Bonnie's relationship explored with, with Echo.
1: Though, I don't know. If, I mean, this is where it gets hard. So there's also, from what I understand too, there was some Daredevil stuff that was cut as well, because um mm-hmm. there was there was supposed to be scenes with him searching for someone correct
3: no <laughs> is, is this am i allowed or is or i feel like this is a trick question for me to speak Do it. Do it. I, I think that that this has been
1: on the internet that enough that i think he actually one of one of the people that i got really popular from was dan and so it was that there was he was searching for A hero in the end and that was what was going to tie together but that was cut ultimately or or at least it would never showed up in the show
3: basically the main gist of it would have been there was a little bit more it, it was supposed to tie in a little bit better to born again okay because we were it was supposed to like it was supposed to connect from my understanding connect a little bit more Echo story to what's happening in Born Again, but I okay. think that with what they were going to do, they were going to have. That was what was, or like, b- God, how do I say this without spoiling Born Again? <laughs> um
1: You don't. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to.
3: No, no, no. I'm trying to figure the way to 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 put it because you kind of put me on the spot. Essentially, what they were trying to do would have played directly into born again into what daredevil born again was going to be originally but not what it is now because if they if they did it as they would have done it before then a lot of what happened with daredevil born again would have felt like a prequel you know would have felt like there's some episodes would have felt like prequels and then it would it would have just been a game of catch-up which would have led to like somewhere between the mid-season and like now, like that's, So that's. I think they were trying. They removed that part to kind of like streamline the process and be like, like to kind of make the the story flow more streamlined. Because so like the ending of Echo was like the post credit scene of Fisk now being interested in a mate in the mayor's race in New York City. Um, that's that's how it. That's the like that's the tease and that's it. Right, but it would have been sure. like, oh, uh, but like if if the original plan would have played out as it did in Echo, and like we were in an alternate timeline where Daredevil Born Again was still rolling as it was, Fisk would have already been mayor by the time we started Daredevil Born Again, and that's kind of like not what's not at, at least to my understanding, that's not what's in play. <laughs> so. It's, it. they're trying to build it up slowly because they want to bring the audience for the ride.
1: Got you. Okay. Okay. So, John, what didn't work for you in this show?
2: Fisk. <laughs> I like the actor. I don't like how they're doing him right now. Um, the best way I could describe it, um, think about the Joker from mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. At every point in The Dark Knight, he feels dangerous. He feels unpredictable. He feels scary. Disc in the Netflix show was kind of like that. And yes, it was violent. You don't need violence for him to feel dangerous. I mean, i think about um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, for example. Mm-hmm. King, King, Kingpin straight-up murders one of the spider man pretty brutally. and. There's no blood. There's no mm-hmm. like any of it, and it feels dangerous. The way they did him in Echo, it kind of like feels like a soap opera version, like a soap opera version of the character, instead of like like a Godfather esque version of the character.
1: You know, I think that I think that's a fair assessment. They did water him down quite a bit. Yeah, he's not as spooky. He's more, he's definitely playing more into that father figure role that they were trying to like make him have for Maya.
2: All right. I just, I just want to feel intimidated by the character again. I'm, like, I'm, I want him to be like, like a PG 13 version of Homelander, <laughs> you know? Sure. That makes sense.
1: Um, and I mean, the actor can do it. He is, who was terrifying in the first three seasons of uh, Daredevil, you know? So. He could do it again.
2: Yeah, he, he can. He's an incredible actor, one of the best. But that's my um, that's my biggest complaint. I'm not sure what Alex thinks, but that's kind of where, where I'm at.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room then. So we got Daredevil. He, he showed back up, this time in a different suit than the one that we saw in She-Hulk. Uh, this is his now third appearance in the MCU. If we're not counting the original, um, the the original Marvel series, so what do we think about it? Was it overhyped? Did it take away from Echo? When do we think the fight happened? You know, like what are our thoughts on this?
3: I I know a lot of people really wanted to see Charlie Cox more, and like the, people were hyping up Echo mainly because oh Charlie Cox is going to be in it, and we're going to see Daredevil and whatnot. I think that his cameo in the first episode was just right. Like mm-hmm. I didn't need to see any more Daredevil after after the first episode. I think it was like a show, just show him there once and be like, he's in this universe, he exists. These are like the type of, like sometimes in comics, it would be similar to this, like a, a character pops mm-hmm. up in a certain storyline for like maybe a few pages and then we never see him again in the story. And mm-hmm. this is that kind of um, that kind of moment that that I really liked, and you know, um, personally for me, uh, I don't, I can't really say as to when the show, like when this scene in particular took place. It's set in you know, a way before, um, way before Hawkeye. That much we know because sure. she hasn't become the hardened criminal that she is just yet but um and he's really also wearing his in. his Netflix suit as well. Yeah, he looks skinnier in that one. Like I don't know what I don't know why I was looking at the suit and I was like this suit seems skinnier on him mm-hmm. than the Netflix one. Like it okay. seems more adjusted, less buff than it was in the Netflix series. And okay. I really don't know exactly when for um I feel like there was a, like if we can pinpoint exactly when and where it was, there's like I don't I don't know if like if you guys can remind me, did the daredevil scene happen before or after, uh Maya's dad died? Before. All right, so it happened before. Is that it's possible that the book? And I know a lot of people on Twitter are giving me crap because like, oh, you consult the timeline book? How dare you? It's like. it's a book written by kevin feige and i'll use it whenever i want Uh, (laughs) but but uh i think the book could give us like an explanation about that so let me look that up and you guys can keep uh talking about that
1: sure sure um you know i do think that it was really cool to get that little cameo by him and i agree that like i liked that it felt like a comic book you know one of my favorite um comic arcs ever is um, Secret Wars and one of my favorite comic series is actually the ones, the end of days leading up to Secret Wars and I loved when you're reading through the whole collection, there's like, Miss Marvel shows up in a Punisher comic and Punisher shows up in a Ghost Rider comic and like, they were all trying to do their own thing, they're all trying to like, just make it and survive, but like, you, you had this like, blip, he shows up, blip, he's gone, and that that's what that felt like to me. it's like to remind you like, hey, we're in the same world, but this again is a story, um, especially because it's under the new Marvel spotlight banner, that this is a story you don't have to know anything else if you don't want to, but you can still feel a little bit connected to that bigger world. Um, and you definitely got that with Daredevil's appearance. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is also one of the first times we saw him really get to use uh, the the Billy Club because he didn't use that All it feels like in the the, the Netflix shows especially like the way he would like throw it out and then like it would come back and he would like whip it around and like i was like oh man this feels like it's from the comics
2: yeah i don't really have a lot to add to this but i think it was a good appetizer for what we might get in the future Mm -hmm. and i think it's a much better appearance than the uh she hulk which part of that appearance i liked but the other cgs fight i was not a big fan of so it was great to see it go back to being a grounded like a grounded bruiser one-on-one fight like all oh, practical I-, I loved all that but i don't really have too much to add it, it was great
1: so. you know the thing i like about him in she-hulk was that it showed that there is a lighter side to matt murdoch but i think that like the thing that people fell in love with, especially with Charlie Cox's characterization of Matt Murdock, is that he is very dark. So the fact that he can like jump back and forth, I think, is pretty, pretty I don't know, brilliant.
2: Oh don't no, don't get me wrong, I loved all that. Uh especially the walk of the walk of shame at the <laughs> end of it. I uh, I loved all that. I just I wanna see like a real fight. You know? Sure. Yeah, but everything else. No, I I agree with you.
1: Okay, hundred percent. I agree. Though this was this was like a real fight, and it was really cool to see that. Now we're gonna talk about Fisk a little bit. Did we like Fisk in this show, John? We know you did not.
2: <laughs> um, spoiler alert.
1: But yeah. did he make sense? Was he like a good villain per se? Um, there was also hints of the Black Knife Cartel, which was uh perhaps maybe even better villain but they you only got to see a few tattoos they didn't really utilize them quite so well so what are like how do we think that maybe Fist could have be utilized a little bit better or what would you have liked to see more from him in this series uh john i'm gonna start with you because i know that you did not like his characterization in here what would you have rather seen with him
2: hey, again i don't really know if i got too much more to add okay but i will say that he's underserved in this show, I feel like there's so much more you could do with them to make them feel like a threat. As I've said before, like, like when he walks in, when Kingpin walks in a room, you should be scared at all times. Like sure. even if he's being nice, you need, to, mm-hmm. you need to question. You need to question why he's being nice. Sure. Like everything needs to, everything needs to feel scary. Um. All I can really say is that I do hope that the the teaser at the end delivers, because I think that's a great um promise. Okay. uh, Of him becoming. I mean, are we allowed to talk about that? Talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's for Spider-Man or if that's for the Daredevil show, but um.
3: Why not both?
2: Yeah, maybe both, but I am very intrigued, Intrigued and I hope no more Hawaiian shirts.
1: (laughs) We're done with them.
2: Yeah, and make them scary. Come on. You can do it, Marvel. Make them a threat.
3: I was able Hawk. to find out a little bit. I was sorry, I'm so sorry I'm interrupting. I was like no, go ahead. literally sorry, sorry over Alex in in this entire span of like you guys talking, I read the book. I saw the episode of Echo where the Daredevil fight took place, and I also mm. saw Hawkeye again. So <laughs> I literally both wow. at the same time. <laughs> and from what I'm able to deduce, it happened. so it happens uh to correct you a little bit, Brian, the fight sure. with Daredevil and Echo happened right happened after Maya's dad died when he's oh, okay. killed by when he's killed by Barton. Spoiler alert. Uh, so it happened immediately after that. Okay. And we know that from because Barton killed uh uh William, William Lopez's Maya's dad, um mm-hmm. when he killed it was between spring of twenty eighteen and the summer of 2025 when endgame took place uh so no 2023 Jesus, 2025 god no uh so it's the, <laughs> it's that span of five it, it happened between that that span of five years during the blip so uh it it kind it, it it happened the fight happened at some point during the blip most likely uh before endgame most likely okay. um, and yeah that's that's pretty much my analysis on it and it does make sense story-wise for something i cannot explain that happens in born again but uh go also adding to like the points that uh, john was talking about like the post-credit scene with pinkton and and the whole mayor run thing this is something that we've been talking about on the positive surface for a while specifically in my articles and tweets that you guys have been reading since like march of last year i've been talking about how devil's reign is going to be the story that's gonna pretty much influence the this part of the mcu for now which is just going to be like hawkeye echo daredevil spider-man we're gonna see a lot of the mcu criminal underground kind of appear moving forward and it's gonna come up in daredevil it's gonna come up in spider-man 4 from what i'm understanding it's not gonna be the another multiverse story so people can relax <laughs> but um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i think for 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 a lot of reasons because we're gonna finally see the many different criminal which is also something that happened in that. Uh, in that post grad scene that like a lot of people are really focused on Kingpin like and uh, Kingpin becoming mayor of New York City, but there's also the like when he sets contact the other heads, because now as Fisk becomes mayor. There is going to be a massive power vacuum There's going to be there's going to be a massive space that's going to be left by Fisk because like he's going to move up into into the mayoral position he's going to lose. He's not really going to lose his control over the criminal underground, but he has to look, you know, he has to kind of let go of those assets to kind of like be good in the eyes of the public and the federal agencies that kind of oversee him. So a lot of his control is going to be taken over by by most of the MCU criminal underground that a lot of people don't really know about because we haven't really been introduced to them until... You know, until now, which is going to be like an echo where we had like the Black Knights cartel. And then in Daredevil Born again, we're going to have a couple of more gangs introduced. And I'm hearing one that's going to be super exciting for Spider-Man 4, which is going to be a couple. But there's one that I'm really excited about because it's going to be the first time we see this villain adapted in in film format. And it's like a hammer to nail, you know, it's going to be very exciting. So yeah i'm excited for that so
1: you know that that does make me wonder though with the uh you know what you said there alex about the the heads um now that the 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 netflix shows are canon we actually have quite a few underground people from there like the hand and mm-hmm. what miss uh madame gao and the, you know the defenders dealt with a lot of these these ones are could these possibly yep. be ones
3: that we see come back I am glad you brought up that question because we need to talk about the the, the Netflix canonicity of it all and how it's going to work. And it's complicated for me to explain because it is canon. It, it, from what I understand, the shows are canon, but it's not canon in the way that most people would expect because... The shows are the shows happened within the continuity of 616, and they're going to try their best to adapt those stories as best they can into the MCU. But that doesn't mean that Marvel Marvel Studios is going to recognize what happened in most of those stories moving forward. Like it happened. Sure. But they're not going to recognize a lot of that stuff. because there are going to be certain recasts, you know, there's gonna be things that they're not really going to address because there's going to be certain storylines that they want to adapt. It's, go- it's it's a it's a bit of a work in progress as not only they develop born again, but they also try to figure out how do they how do they like adapt what's what's happened into into in the defenders' universe to adapt it into 616 so it seems streamlined right because there are things that that are going to require a lot of explanation (laughs) you know uh, the last for example the last defenders project that we all had uh jessica jones season three you know there's a lot of things that need to be explained following the season finale there's also uh, Iron Fist season 2, you know, we've got Danny Rand with the Golden Finger Guns and uh and Colleen. So that's also another thing that they need to address. There's also Luke, a lot of the stuff that happened in the Defenders universe is going to be it's going to be canon but isolated. I feel like it's the best way that I can put it. Like it happened but they're not going to address it. The same way that in a technicality the the tasm and like it's no i can't use that explanation because technically tasm and the rainy films happened in another universe but they then converged into 616 the defenders storyline is technically a part of the ncu 61619999 whatever earth people want to call it and it's sort of streamlined but again like as you see as i'm trying to explain it it's a bit of a mess (laughs) Because they still haven't decided exactly what parts they're going to make canon and what parts they're going to address in Born Again and what parts they're just gonna completely ignore and be like, Yeah, this never happened.
1: <laughs> so, so it's so you're saying we're it, not getting Finn Jones back? This is the worst day of my <laughs> life.
3: Oh my God. I didn't say that. Look, I'm <laughs> the one I'm Danny Rand. I I uh I, I am Danny Rand and I am the iron fist of So... <laughs> that that line exists burned into my head and it's it's a crisis I, for I, me i, but, I love um, iron
1: fist though i'm just throwing that out there i do love that show so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue too much if he does come back so
0: i have a lot of questions about that
3: but that's for uh, uh, another show yeah that's that's gonna yeah. be yeah that's going to be for yeah. another show but kind of like to summarize everything and to kind of uh put things into perspective because i do think a little I love Vincent D'Onofrio and if Lizzie wants to cut this part out because there's a probable high chance if he listens to this he might kill me and I am afraid of Vincent as much as I am afraid of Kingpin. but (laughs) Vincent needs to cool it with with his comments because he is making it very difficult for for Marvel to kind of adapt things
0: because he keeps
3: shooting uh, she's shooting out the water like Defenders is canon 100% Disney Plus has that and it's like it's complicated because he's an actor and yes he has he has access to certain things in the room but the at the end of the day the person that makes the final decision is kevin so yes he has he's right in the sense that defenders is canon but not to the degree that people are expecting
0: you know and it's
3: it's a complicated situation
0: the thing about that though and the thing about vincent D'Onofrio's recent comments is so this is all like planned. nothing uh, you know the actors are actors and you can pretend to be a leaker like tom holland when you're really you know studio talking points and helping yourself get become more charming and get more public appeal but you know what what d'onofrio said about the defenders was 100 percent, you know okayed by marvel he wouldn't have said that if he didn't have um didn't have approval or even encouragement as part of like their greater strategy and i think this defenders thing i think it's a similar push like like the echo um Mature audiences, thing. I think it's a way that they're trying to hook audiences again and kind of bring people back that may have disengaged with all of the new content, with all of the new things. I think it's it's part of a larger marketing strategy, and I think, um, you know, I think we're we're likely to see more of it.
3: There, yeah, and I'm certain that Marvel has its plans uh, to kind of canonize the entirety of Defenders. Uh, and if they don't have a single clue of how to do it, they can read the Cosmic Circus. You know, Brian has some amazing ideas. <laughs> but, um, but I think, yeah, it's it's going to be canon. But there's there's going to be some omissions. They're gonna try to not reference some of the things that happened, from my understanding. But. It's gonna the the main focus is one hundred percent going to be Daredevil, Daredevil's the events of Daredevil being canon. You know, uh, I don't know the names of the actors of, of Foggy, and, Foggy, yeah, but they're one hundred percent. They were all there's this conversation of like people saying, "Oh, they weren't gonna be in the show. They're gonna be in the. They were always going to be in the show. It's just that it wasn't in the original idea." it wasn't going to be something that was what's the word it wasn't going to be something that was going to be like expanded on as much as it is going to be now because now it's going to be from what I'm understanding there's going to be more than what was originally planned you know and that was a the original idea was not not going to be a good idea for many people but you know i think it's going to be it's going to be interesting now that we're going to have the netflix series kind of like intertwine. and i until i can learn more about the show i wouldn't necessarily classify it as a daredevil season four but more as a as marvel's take on a story and continuing it on you know it's like okay this season ended and now we're just going to do our own thing based on what was done here and just continue it on.
0: I want to move this a little bit away from um, from Daredevil, and I know we probably have a hundred podcasts on that. And I, I'm sure we're going to have many, many discussions about it. And bring it back to um, to the spot the spotlight on Echo a little bit. So, okay. you know, there are a couple of things with Fisk that happened that were revealed um, in Echo that I think you know maybe are worth talking about it. So, at the end of Hawkeye. Maya shot Fisk. And you know, it was revealed in an echo that he survived. Do you guys have any theories on how he survived being shot? In the eye, apparently, because that you
3: know, is what we what we saw there. Because you can survive of- a bullet to the head. <laughs> I'm i am I'ma just put put it out there. It is unlikely and I know that a lot of circumstances it's very difficult, but you can survive a bullet to the head just depending on like you have to be extremely lucky. And in my case, I think that's sort of like what's happened there. But from what I'm understanding, I don't know if the bullet hit him in the face so much as it scratched his eye, because if it, if it would have been like like it would have grazed him, because if it was talking from a medical standpoint, not non literally putting in the work that I'm actually doing in, in IRL, um, when you look at the injury that he sustained, it, his eye was red which means that there was like actual like I don't know if I'm pretty sure it wasn't a, a, a decision choice to be like oh it's just a red eye but if it's a red eye it means that there are blood vessels working within his eye which means it's not a prosthetic eye which means the bullet most likely didn't enter his eye and it's most likely like it grazed him and the muzzle flash kind of burned a little bit of his eye, which leads to the scar that he has on his face. But yeah, I don't think the bullet ever went into his head and Maya was just like, yeah. like I shot him in the face and it's like, nah, you were shaking.
0: (laughs) She's a really bad shot when it comes to shooting her surrogate father.
2: (laughs) Probably. I didn't think it made any sense. Personally, but I guess, like, you know, in uh, Hawkeye, they kind of, like, implied he was, like, more durable. Like, he was, like, stronger and, like, more built.
0: He's a tank.
2: Yeah, like, that's the only logic that I could really come up with. That he's just a little more durable, like, ridden more durable, but...
1: It, it, they definitely made it seem in Hawkeye like that he was. They never said it, but I got the feeling of like this man is the man of that has like the super soldier serum without having it, you know, kind of like he's just like big and like nobody can take him down and like almost like a Rasputin, you know, of like you just can't kill this person. Um, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because her, she, Echo, I mean, Maya had a clear shot right there. Um, Close
0: to range, too.
1: Yeah and i do think that again it was maybe a, a choice of like not wanting to do like a ton of prosthetics or like cgi for the eye so they just kind of loop past it especially when we see some of the behind the scenes of daredevil he doesn't even have a scar on his face he has a regular face come daredevil and i don't know what happens there or if that's put in post or if they just don't have it in that shot um but Correct me if I'm wrong, but the shots of him running for mayor in behind the scenes, he
3: has a clean face. I have not seen any of the shots so far,
0: (laughs) so I can't. I'm gonna find them. (laughs) I want to think that
3: think think it's possibly done post.
0: Has really good um, plastic surgeons, and I want to think in my head the cabin is he just got it fixed.
1: So why can't the answer also then be magic? We live in a world where there is Sorcerer Supremes. There we go. Like... I think
0: I think that could be it. He, he went to Doctor Strange and he said, fix me or, you know, because now they're in the same world, right? We are, they're all in New York City. They all exist in the same place, which is a discussion for another time.
2: Yeah, guys, I, I figured it out. I solved it. Okay. It's the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Yeah. That's that saved him.
1: End of story. That's it. It was Wong's Hawaiian shirt which <laughs>
3: saved him.
0: I think I think we have it solved. So moving on again. Um so why but, I feel, like from, we have
3: before we since we're talking about like the medical applications and everything, I just want to point out because it was it literally bugged me and, and then we're gonna talk about this. The contact lens that he puts in Maya's eye, bro he had so many qualms with that first off the technology is amazing but for reasons why is it only in one eye and secondly he did not wash his hands when he inserted that damn contact lens broke no (laughs) don't do that infection central that's liter- literally the first thing they teach. Don't do that. I was, I was so stressed. <laughs> I was watching that and I was like, oh my God. That's probably the scariest part of this, of, of the entire show. Not that like it's scary or that people can fight or or the bloodiness of it. Just like the, the idea of someone putting in another contact lens in and it's like, my God.
0: Bullets but won't yeah. kill her, germs will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we think so? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of family trauma surrounding Echo. You know, she lost her mom, and we saw it in that opening, and that really, really dramatic, painful scene. Um, but she also lost her dad. Can we talk about why Fisk killed his dad, Cause that, or her dad? Because that's not really explained. Um, and can we also talk about who we thought uh, cut the brakes on Echo um, and her mom?
1: That's a great question. Alex, I'm gonna let you start because I feel like you have something like more more so than I can give to this.
3: I I, I didn't hear the question because it was cutting out for me. Can can oh, so no. repeat the question?
0: So Echo's yeah. got a lo- Echo's got a lot of trauma, right? She's she's lost mm. her parents and she lost them in two very different ways, but um, kind kind of related, right? So Fisk huh. killed Echo's dad. We don't exactly know why. So I'd like to know your theories on why, and also I'd like to know um who cut the brakes on Echo and her mom's car when they were driving in in Oklahoma. If you guys have theories.
3: Ooh, that's a really good question. Fisk. Fisk, Fisk? makes the most Fisk makes the most sense. Um for the brakes. T- yeah, no, for both. Uh I mean yeah, for the brakes, uh it makes sense. Cause I, I'm sure that it's not in i'm sure that it's it's sort of implied throughout the series that he has this weird obsession with with maya mm-hmm. you know even before his dad like died so i'm i i don't know why i'm i'm getting the feeling that whenever we saw uh lopez with like the tracksuit mafia and being part of part of that group uh i'm sure kingpin had to have known that he had a daughter i don't know i feel like he was trying to build He wanted Maya to kind of, to to be as a surrogate daughter, to have her be like the person that builds up his empire or something. But yeah, that's my my take on it. I'm sure that that was part of the reason. And kind of, I think Kingpin sent William to be killed, simply just to like build Maya up to be like this, like to be like him. You know, to become him, a better version of him, albeit not in the best way possible, just like be a more ruthless asshole than he is. So that's kind of like what I think he was trying to do. But uh, that's my take on it.
1: You know, I think the interesting storyline that would have been here or like that could still be here is that him and Vanessa did not have children. Mm -hmm. And therefore he wanted he wanted the idea of this family because image was so important to him and he wanted to give Vanessa this child. And I wish that Vanessa would have been in the storyline. Cause I feel like it would have made sense for like, I can't have a child. Therefore I'm going to steal one. And like that, w- that's like such a very interesting motivation. And as a psychologist, I would sit there and I kept thinking, on like, why are you so obsessed? Cause it almost feels, I mean, it is predatory. Sure. It's a very predatory relationship. But why? What is the reason why? Why, Maya? You could have anybody. And so it's interesting that when, you know, sometimes when individuals go through trauma like that, they can fixate on one person. So that makes sense to me. And I was hoping for that. And like, that's what I was kind of hoping like four out of that last episode that we didn't get, which now we know that it maybe is more Bonnie centric. But that would have tied it all together a little bit better for me.
0: I think the fact that you you honed in on this relationship with with Vanessa is really key because she is is the missing part in all of this this surrogate family that he's tried to to create. You know, she's never mentioned with any of the Maya stuff in, in Hawkeye um, or an Echo, and that's really, um, that's, like, it's a huge oversight. I mean, we see the painting, right? The painting briefly that flashes on screen is at an episode one of Echo that was so significant, um, you know, between Vanessa and, and Fisk, but, like, that's it. And Fisk doesn't seem to be all that sad that she's not in his life. Whereas, you know, in, in Daredevil, he was quite torn up um, when they were at
1: Absolutely. Especially if if during the blip, could you imagine if, if Vanessa was gone and he was around? He, that man would be a maniac. He would be homicidal in every sense of the word. So it is, it's just interesting. And I feel like... Um, I, I, I do agree with Alex that I think that it all leads back to Fisk as to why Maya's life got totally upended. I think that that was a missing piece so they should have explained that a little bit more um, or maybe that is to come and like maybe like once we have that answer will make more sense because I feel like that is so important to this storyline and that was the one thing that one of the things that we were missing is why Maya?
2: I may add something. Um, I sort of feel like it's kind of, kind of implied a little bit while the father, while the father died, because like her dad seemed to have more of a conscience, and you could tell that he was not. He didn't really fit in, He didn't really fit in with the, that entire dynamic, and it, I guess to me, I kind of draw the conclusion that he did something. You know to make this mad, like whether he didn't like follow through with like killing somebody or whether you know it just it kind of just like it felt implied why he why he died and he was a good person in a bad world mm-hmm. so i don't, I don't know what y'all think about that but that, the, that's that, an excellent
1: uh, point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, no, you're right, there is definitely some implications for that,
2: I
0: think that makes sense, especially with with his dealings with um with Ronan there's you know there's a line there there's there's something to that so I think that's that's a great perspective on it again because this is this is the Kingpin show as much as as much as Echo it seems because of so much of you know her is, is tied to him what do we and I'm jumping ahead a little bit what do we think Echo did to Kingpin you know after she had her powers when she put her hand to you know to his head and kind of you know, experienced his painful memories or What um what does that mean for her? What does that mean for him? And what does it mean for all of us going forward?
1: That's a great question. It's interesting because, you know, I think that he she, you know, she 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 touched him and to heal him, but I don't know if it worked because she saw that pain and she saw that that anger and she tried to, you know, to like reach out to him and to like get him to heal from that. Obviously with the, her powers, um but as we know, he continues on, and like at the end, when we see that post-credit scene, we see that he is embracing whatever. Like he's turning away from like being good. He could be good, but he, I guess we don't know he's gonna be bad. But there's just that look on his face that you just know he's not gonna be. He's he has some nefarious nefarious plans going on. So I think that she tried to heal him of his emotional pain, and I don't know if it worked. And I actually, I actually can say I probably think it didn't.
3: I think she just you. healed his eye. I think I think she provided the solution as to why Kingpin doesn't have the scar yeah, in Born again. It. Maybe it's progressive. He's just progressively healing as time goes on. Because I'm kind of like looking at the post-credit scene and I'm like, yeah, you know what? He, he he has the scar in his eye still in the post-credit scene, but his eyes looking a little bit better. <laughs> so I sent not. the picture
1: in the chat too, and you can see that he does not have the scar when he's in his suit for Daredevil Born Again uh, when they were filming. So there, definitely something going on. But the fact is, they also took him to his past when he saw that, like, when she touched him and he went into his mind, it did pull uh-huh. him to the past. So there was some kind of emotional healing trying to go on, too.
0: And expands the scope uh-huh. of her powers in some ways because, you know, she has the physical healing through her mom. And I don't think her mom displayed that emotional healing. I don't think her mom displayed that ability to go into into another person's trauma maybe i missed that like we didn't see the bird's trauma
1: right i mean i'm sure there was a lot of it
0: (laughs) yeah you know let's let's just go because we're getting close on time let's talk about that post credit scene you know we've danced around it a little bit what's what's next for echo what's next for um is she good is she Because i think alex you said she was kind of morally ambiguous earlier do you still feel that way after, you know, the whole series? Do you feel like she has a different sort of purpose? Um, and what do we think's going on for Fisk as time goes on? Two different as two sort Echo, of different questions.
3: As for Echo, I can see her being a defender for her for her family. You know, I don't really see her moving out of Oklahoma unless there's like an actual reason. You know? So uh, I, I'm thinking she's gonna be there for a while. She's gonna be she's gonna be defending her family, because that's kind of like the whole point of the show. So I'm 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 expecting her to be there, but I'm also expecting Fisk becoming mayor of NYC to kind of be something that affects her in a way. You know, like his power as mayor of NYC. While it may be regional, we already saw the the reaches that Fisk has you know with like the whole uh his, her, Maya's uncle having control of like that railway system that's like a transportation system like the, the transportation system that he has and that's something that was actually also a part of that was a very important part that was cut from Echo but was also like meant to just show how much reach Fisk has like Fisk has control of I don't call him Uncle Lopez because I don't I think it's Henry. Henry was the name of the uncle. I don't I don't remember. Uh, Maya's uncle, the one that had like the railroad, the the one that had control of the railways and the train. Like that connected Fisk to the rest of the states and by association, all of like his lackeys and his and his teams and whatnot. So Whatever happens in Daredevil Born Again and possibly Spider-Man 4 it's definitely going to affect Echo indirectly. And who knows she may pop up in Echo. I'm not in Echo, uh, in Daredevil Born Again. I don't see her really popping up again for Spider-Man. Kingpin, on the other hand, 100% expect him to win the mayor's race in New York City and kind of just like establish him as a New York City centric villain that's going to kind of oppose all the heroes that are currently in New York City and that includes um, the people at uh, what's their name? The people that are involved with like Daredevil, Spider-Man other possible heroes. I'm hearing White Tiger like for born again which is really cool because both actor and uh ava i think was her name but daughter both of those heroes are amazing and they're also you know puerto rican superheroes so that's awesome but there's those heroes there's other heroes brian knows of one which we're not allowed to discuss yet (laughs) there's also punisher i i I told you about it (laughs)
1: listen it's
3: adhd (laughs) my friend i told you about it squirrel good Squirrel, I told you about it, and you were excited about it too. uh There's also Punisher, you know. There's also that. There's also that aspect that kind of has to deal with, um with. Uh, oh, with okay. So yeah, now you remember, and now you're gonna shut up about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're John, talking what about.
3: what do
2: you think? I I feel like I don't have anything better than what Alex just said. I he's the expert on all this. I don't, I don't think she's morally ambiguous, so I think she's a good person. Um, I think uh, Kingpin wanted her to be morally ambiguous, that didn't work out. As far as uh, everything else, I mean, you already know my thoughts on Kingpin, uh, beat that dead horse, and just want to add one thing, I'd rather have the Hawaiian shirt come back then bring back Ben Jones. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <That's> oh, <Whoa. amazing. laughs> Sorry, Brian. That's a- yeah. Yikes.
1: Yeah, Yikes. That's all I'm going to
2: say. Can't that work. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before
0: we wrap it up for the night, is there anything, any final thoughts that you guys have on Echo that you want to share or kind of opinions, real- theories, things you loved?
1: Real quick, I want to go back to the post credits scene because I didn't get to say anything. I want to oh, say something. That's no, okay. Um, so just, you know, uh, Alex was talking about where Echo's going to show up. And if anybody hasn't read this book, they probably should. But there is a prequel novel to the Spider-Man game. And the story is all about Echo, Kingpin, and Spider-Man. And it really gives you an idea of how it could play out and where she could show up and what dynamics she could have. Looking forward to the MCU, because I know that, like, things are kind of changing, and, like, I I know that Alex has kind of talked about this in different articles, and, like, looking forward to the multiverse and what's going to happen with the multiverse, and I'm really interested in thinking or wondering what you guys all think about this, but is it possible that as we get to, as the multiverse cracks open and and we get to battle worlds, can she echo all of her ancestors across the entire multiverse or is it just this universe? Cause I think that could lead to some very interesting powers on top of that because the possibilities are endless and it depends on how it would work. I want to say yes. I want to say that she would be able to, to channel everybody, but I could be completely wrong and just really hopeful here.
2: Do we, do we actually, do we actually think that they're going to bring the street characters into that battle?
1: thank you well yeah. uh, now that it's yeah. canon and that they didn't bring them to the end of end game those poor those poor street level characters they have to
0: i want to see who was blipped and was, wasn't wasn't blipped but again that's a discussion for for another day um okay so i think this was a a really great conversation thank you all out there for listening to our our merry little podcast as we chatted echo
3: and kingpin and Wait, so much the more. final thing the final thing because you said uh one more what, thing what else that we wanted to say the final note that you wanted to talk about echo and what else we liked best opening credits mm. <laughs>
0: yes.
3: best opening credits yeah the opening for for echo was absolutely amazing it was a bump up above from what happened in secret invasion so i'm glad they kind of like anything would be in. a
0: bump up from secret invasion <laughs> secret
3: yeah yeah so literally that was one of my favorites. Uh, and, and yeah, that that was, that was the last thing I wanted to say. So yeah. Perfect.
0: Well, I think that's amazing. Um, again, thanks for listening, Echo. I'm Isla Ruby. This has been The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast for thecosmiccircus.com. Thank you for listening to our 50th episode. Um, who are you guys? And how can we find out more about you?
1: My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus. And you can find me on Twitter at... Kitson301.
2: I'm John Dodson. You can find me on Twitter at Watch or X, whatever it is, I don't know. Um, You can also find my work at The Cosmic Circus and Monsters and Critics.
3: I'm Alex Perez, and when I'm not being held down by Lizzie on Discord, you can find me on Twitter or on X uh, at alex from cc and you can also check out my articles at the and uh, also our cosmic circus discord where we talk with all of our followers and everyone part of the cosmic circus fam is on there so yeah feel free to check us out at any time on the cosmic circus discord
0: and the discord is free so you totally should join yes all right well thank you guys have a nice night